Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just, as usual, just take a couple moments and relax. Anything else that you're concerned about or thinking about, just let that fall by the wayside. Just let's remind ourselves of the constant, persistent presence of God. We don't have to get his attention. We don't have to measure up. We don't have to qualify to be with him and to be loved by him. We are in his family, and unlike so many of our families, he's a good family member. He's a good family to belong to. He knows what you need better than you do. He knows what's wo- what wounds need to be healed better than you do. And even now, he's making whatever arrangements are necessary in order for those wounds to be healed, in order for those lies to be exposed and replaced by truth, his truth, his presence. That's why Jesus refers to himself as the I am the way, the truth, and the life. Part of experiencing Eternal life is truth. Our challenge is being willing and able and trusting enough to give up on our own beliefs. So many of us have been taught that right doctrine is what matters to keep us from being deceived. Only God can keep us from being deceived. Nobody has all the information. That's God's intent. He never said, I'm going to give you everything you need so you won't need me says, no, I am everything you need. God himself meets our needs. And I'm sure you all know about, you know, the example of the counterfeit money. Instead of studying all the different ways that a dollar bill or a $20 bill can be counterfeited, Experts look at a true $20 bill. They look at every detail of the truth, the real, the actual, so that when something that's not true, that's counterfeit, passes in front, they can see it, they can feel it, they can smell it even. And no, this is counterfeit. Not because they're an expert on counterfeit, 
but because they're an expert on truth. So that's a lot of what we're doing here is learning truth, how to experience and recognize and be one with truth, the way, the truth, and the life. Now we we can see the truth of the reality around us in the natural, and we understand that our perception of the natural realm is limited by our senses, by our God-given senses. So God himself understands that your perception of the natural realm is limited. He himself arranged that. For instance, your ears only hear, human ears only hear one range. Our vision, we see certain things. We see colors. We don't see movement real well. Our, you know, other senses we have, how we smell, how we taste, how, how we, what we feel, our, our being able to stand certain temperatures. These are all things that God has purposefully equipped our physical bodies with. So when we make contact with the things in the natural realm, we come away with this is the truth of the matter because it's based on as much as we know based on our senses. You know, we think there's nothing there if we can't see it, if we can't taste it, if we can't hear it. We can't perceive it with our natural senses. And yet we know there's sounds and smells and sights, you know, uh, wavelengths that we don't perceive at all, but are just as real. And so as we start to look at the supernatural realm, we want to bring that that same understanding to what we're going to be learning and are learning about the supernatural and then the spiritual realm. But your soul is limited by the, the senses that God has placed in your soul. So don't go into this opportunity, this experience, thinking that you're going to have all the answers. You don't have all the answers in the natural. You're not going to have all the answers in the supernatural, the solical. And in your spirit, you already do have all the answers. So it's not having all the answers that that matter. Having right doctrine, for instance, that's not what's important. It's knowing the right, knowing the truth, knowing the original. Then the counterfeit will be obvious. The false will be obvious. You can, you know, we talk so often about just asking simple questions. Does this, for instance, does this doctrine line up with the character and nature of God? What is his character and nature? God is love. That's his nature. That's who he is. How does he show that nature? 
How does he show love? He gives. He gives himself. Not because someone deserves it or or has earned it or belongs to the right church or there has the right family name, but because that is God's nature. He is love and he gives. And if you and I have been born again by spirit, and have been begotten by spirit, and we are now a new spirit, we also have that same nature. We are love, and our nature expresses that love by giving. Another kind of example of that is the whole concept of, you know, we've talked about this before, we may bring, get, get into it sooner rather than later, is forgiveness. Forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person. In fact, it has nothing to do with the circumstance or the situation or how you may have been wronged. Instead, you forgive because you are a forgiving person. To not forgive would be counter to your new nature. Now you then deal with the circumstances. You, you, we're, we embrace the concept concepts of justice and righteousness, but that's not forgiveness. When you forgive someone, then justice and righteousness can have their way. We free them. We free ourselves. And these are the kinds of things we learn by being with God, by being with him, by experiencing his nature, the truth about him. And as we start seeing truth about the supernatural realm and about the soulical realm, there's a simplicity there. Even though it may start, you know, seem overwhelming and involved, there's a simplicity to the way God approaches his creation. Now, his creation is clearly, you look at, you know, for instance, what the Hubble telescope comes back and shows us all the the different galaxy, galaxies out there and the planets and the stars and the black holes and all the different things that are going on at any given time and that have happened billions and billions and billions of years ago. And yet there's a consistency there. We're still talking about one space, one frame of reference, this universe. We could spend our entire lives just contemplating the variety of what God had cre- could have created in a universe. But we want to instead focus on the truth, the original, what, and ask God, God, first of all, What, what, is your, what do you want us to know about the universe? What do you want us to know about this natural realm? What do you want us to know about the supernatural realm? Remember the soulical realm, which our soul is part of, 
our mind, will, and emotions, part of our soul. Our soul functions in one aspect of the supernatural realm, which we're simply calling the solical realm. And again, if you've learned a different way of approaching, that's fine. As long as there's room for learning. We never want to get into that idea that we, we know everything. That shuts off God's opportunity. Remember, God's eternally creative. He's always going to be coming up with something. He's always got something up his sleeve. And he's got really long sleeves. He's always going to surprise us. But his desire is to delight us, not to scare us. Now, there's, there may be times when we're scared of things, and that's fine. That's not what's important. You know, we're all learning about how our own body and soul functions. None of us got into this world unscathed. We all inherited baggage from our previous families and, and our life growing up and even our community and our time. None of us are born into perfect circumstances. And none of us, even genetically, are able to deal with our circumstances in a perfect way. But those circumstances were created by God. So we say, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? What do you want me to be doing with this? So last week we were talking about what your desires are. And that that's one of the ways that God draws us. He draws us by his goodness. He draws us by giving us something, a taste of something, so we want more. He draws us. He doesn't drive us. So what is it? And and go ahead and be bold and be honest with yourself about what is it that you, what do you want from God? What do you want from your life? What do you want from yourself? What do you want from other people? If you could have a magic wand and change anything in the world, what would you change? And why? And just be meditating. Just be rolling that around. What is it that is interesting to you? Maybe something you know about. Maybe something totally surprising to you. But as you do that and lay that before God, say, Lord, is this the direction You're drawing me. Is this you drawing me? Because, again, we have enemies, our own flesh, our own bad habits, and the world system and the devil and his little buddies. They are our enemies, and they will tease us, tempt us, accuse us, deceive us. It's not that we can't be tempted or accused or deceived. It's that as we know God, we will recognize it and know how to overcome it. 
then that's what those enemies are in your life for. It's to give you a chance to practice recognizing truth. How boring would it be for for the experts that that study the $20 bill if they never had an opportunity to study a fake, a counterfeit? But the very fact that they... That's what they're spending all their time doing is studying the $20 bill. It's because there are fakes. So don't be surprised. Don't take it personally if you find yourself with a counterfeit $20 bill. Or if you find yourself believing a doctrine or what you perceive as truth about yourself or about God or about others, that God puts his finger on and says, you know, that doesn't line up with who I am. That doesn't line up with how much I love you. And guess what? He's not going to change his mind. You're the one who's going to have to change your mind. Admit that's a counterfeit. That's Over there, that's the real one. That's God. That's God's nature. God loves me unconditionally. He approves of me. He thinks I'm terrific. Right now, right as I am. I'm part of his family. He will never turn his back on me. could make the biggest, worst mistake over and over and over again. And he wouldn't even notice. He just wants me to be whole, complete, entire, spirit, soul, and body. He just wants to be able to give himself to me unconditionally. In your spirit, you want that too. So continue to just spend some time. Come up with a list of three things in the supernatural realm. Or beyond your own understanding, but beyond whether it's go ahead and if you if there's even natural things that are interesting to you, sometimes that's the way God speaks to us. In the natural, how does this work? And or even a curiosity about another land, if if God give you, gives you a desire about okay, let's say another country, study it. You know, Lord, I'm going to study, you know, this country that you keep bringing to my mind, or this song. I want to learn about it. And we find out through that process that he makes a change in us that we may not even understand the connection. There might not even be one. And that's not, that's not our problem. We know we can trust him. We know he is reliable. And we are learning that more and more by experience. So come up with three things, whether the natural that you're going to focus on learning about or the supernatural, the solical. And by that, it could even be something, maybe God's drawing you to an area of woundedness. Where something, every time you start thinking about a situation you get all stressed out or angry or fearful. Or a memory keeps coming back. 
whether sometimes the memories are true, sometimes they're fault, false. Write them down. So often we think God doesn't care about these little things. He only cares about, you know, the big things like our salvation and maybe if we're about to die, he'll heal us or, you know, if we get enough people to pray about something or, but he, he is so big, he cares about every single aspect of your life. In fact, he's arranged every single aspect of your life. So take him up on every single aspect of your life. That That's exactly what he wants to talk to you about. That thing that, you know, maybe a dream you, you remember from when you were young or something that happened or... How come certain people just really rub you the wrong way? Maybe they remind you of someone. Don't settle for, don't put off a healing or a question. If you've got a question, ask God. Now then, go ahead and do research. If you need to talk to people, what do you know about this? You need to see a counselor. This is how I keep on reacting. Do research on, online. Read books. Talk, you know, talk to people. Do whatever is necessary, but take seriously that whatever he's stirring up is something he wants to draw your attention to. Always starting with what is the truth. God's love for you is the truth unconditional his unconditional love his unconditional acceptance his value of you your significance to him you are his significant other he's with you always he's committed to you and we can start with the little things we don't need to wait for big things to happen and the more we can take him up on doing things on a moment-by-moment basis and a day-by-day basis and a week-by-week basis, we don't have to, you know, wait for big things to happen because, oh, that's only the time that God shows up and when, is when big things happen. Now let's, let's, let's enjoy the little things and we'll get to know more and more what the truth is. Because again, while he is drawing us by these, by putting these desires and these things that we're interested in or that even that annoy us, he addresses in whatever way is necessary, whatever is interfering from our soul being restored to our spirit in that area. Now, here's what what happens is as God restores your soul to your spirit, he starts to flow. Because remember, what does he do? He gives. He gives himself. And we are the first recipients. You know, there's that, that phrase, first fruits. Well, we are the first recipients of life in order to bear the first fruits. So you are the first first recipients of everything God is. His grace, his love, his power, his authority, 
and your natural station in life doesn't matter. I think that's one of the things he was showing in who he chose, who Jesus chose as his disciples, is your station in life doesn't matter. It's are you going to him? When he called them, his disciples, they went to be with him. And that's your first calling, too, is to be with him. Now, as a spirit being, you already have power and authority over the supernatural realm and your solical realm and your own soul. You have power and authority over your own soul. You have power and authority over your own body and over your own, over the natural realm. We talked uh, quite some time ago, maybe we should revisit that, the whole concept of speaking life to your own body. Because your spirit, who you truly are, has authority over your body. And over those wounds, over everything in your soul, you already have the authority. Now the difference, well then why can't we just, you know, speak life and everybody be perfect? You know, what if everybody just speaks life to themselves and shouldn't that just take care of everybody? Well, the problem is, is until God gives you the assignment, until God says, okay, do it, we are acting under our own responsibility. We, our own project. We are, we are taking away God's prerogative unto where he sends us, how he sends us, to whom he sends us. Because the sending is not what's important. The assigning of the project is not important. The, the project is not important. It's the results that God's looking for. His project. It's not how well we do. It's did, did God get what he wanted out of that project? And what he wants is you. Transformed and conformed unto his likeness and image. In reality, spirit, soul, and body. So when we are sent in any way, shape, or form, whether it's sent to speak to your neighbor, encourage them, just ask them how they're doing. Sent to, you know, change the world, speak truth. Yes, heal people. Whatever he is sending you to, which is part of being, learning how to respond to being drawn. When we are sent by him, we have not only the specific power and authority, we have the responsibility in that area. So even though we have the power and authority, this is that example where the disciples and Jesus were leaving that village and they had been rejected and the disciples said, you know, Jesus, Lord, should we have lightning come down and destroy this, the village? They knew they had the power to do that. They knew they had the authority to do that. But they recognized that without Jesus, they did not have the responsibility. It was not their project. They weren't sent 
to do that. Jesus was sent to this earth to be the Savior of the world. Only he was sent to do that. You are going to have many assignments in your life here. We are all going to have many kinds and layers of assignments. But it's in those assignments, in those projects, that we learn not only about our power and authority, but how to handle the responsibility. So without being sent, without God saying, I want you to work on this or do this, go this direction, here's your truth for now. This is what I want. This is the $20 bill. I don't want you to study the $20 bill. I want you to study the $50 bill or the quarter. I want you to know the truth in this area. I want you to understand how prayer works. I want you to understand how time works. I want you to understand the whole concept of of spirit. Whatever it is, focus on that. Give your attention to that. Let your desire move in that direction. As you do, the power and authority that you already have will be melded and and joined with the responsibility in that area. This is one of our challenges we have, is we we have these pastors and these leaders that, that God has given power and authority and responsibility in one area, and they and we translate it to other areas that it's not true, that they don't have the responsibility, that it's not their not their business and yet because of the way we want them to take over those areas a lot of times so then we don't have to be responsible so God will automatically be equipping you for what you are responsible for if you're not sent you don't have that responsibility There's things that you may say, oh, this needs to be fixed. This needs to be addressed. But if God hasn't sent you, it's none of your business. Now, I'm not talking about your social responsibility or your natural responsibility. I'm talking about learning how to live as a spirit being. So spend some time coming up with those three things. If you've got any questions, feel free to drop me a line at diane at therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.